Welcome to another episode of Morelia Python Radio. We all love rough scale pythons, Morelia Carnata. But one of the difficulties you could run into when breeding them is that they can be tricky to get established. But no fear, we have some tips and tricks that uh, may help you get through that process. They're somewhere between a carpet python and a green tree python. Once you get them established, they're good to go. So in this episode, we discuss some of the tips and tricks for getting roughies going and growing. This is episode 548. Let's get into it. Rough scale pythons established. Yeah. I figured this would be a good topic. We've never dived in, dove into this. And Owen is, uh, what do you got? Two clutches under your belt now? Two, two clutches. Yeah, two clutches in one okay. year. This year does not look that great for roughies, um, but it is still oh, sure. early. Yeah. Oh, I, I have one pair going right now. And it's one of those, like, she's here, he's here. Like, it's like, she's up high, he's down low. And I'm like, they don't seem to like each other right now. So um, hmm. I might chuck, I might chuck well, him in with the other female, but we'll see. Um, I would say that uh, before we get into it, uh, the calendars are available. If you want one, Yay. our calendars are, are available. Um, uh, you can follow the link down in the show notes. Other than that, I don't know. Do you have anything else you want to do housekeeping-wise? Uh, you said this is coming out on Tuesday? Yeah. Cool. I, if I saw you at the Oak Show, hi. <laughs> so, <laughs> this is Owen from the this past. This is Owen from hello. the past. Well, well, apparently, no, you're from the so, future. <laughs> so this is this is this is what grinds me about several things. Is my mother always told me she would never come to a reptile show, even to support me, because she just couldn't do it. Couldn't possibly oh, do wow. it. My nephew, okay. my nephew, her first grandson is like Nona, can we go to the reptile show this weekend to see Uncle Owen? And she's like, of course. So now she's coming. My nephew's coming. My sister's coming. Like it's, I, it's insane. And he's bringing his reptile. He's bringing his reptile encyclopedia so that he can walk around oh, and identify reptiles. That's I'm like, awesome. I'm like, yes, <laughs> yes. Good, that's good so cool. Padawan learner. Like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Makes you feel uh, so much better when you have a tortoise, when you have someone that's like, yep, he's going to be your problem at some point. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's in the will to. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, he, <laughs> at, he asked me and Melissa point blank the one day. He's like, can I have Mort when you guys die? And I'm like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean, I yes, like but damn. Cool like <laughs> <laughs> so. So. Well, before we get into that, let's talk about this real quick, because yep. this might be a quick, interesting topic to hit on. So we're about to get pummeled with the snowstorm again. Yes. We've just had a snowstorm this, what, past Tuesday. Yes. Um, going to a show in a snowstorm, mm-hmm. do you do anything differently? Are you are you prepared for that? Or <sighs> I mean, I have a box of... The fifth? <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Younger Owen has done dumb things, and there have been two instances where I was driving 
through a blizzard to get to i'm sorry there were three instances where i was driving mm-hmm. through a blizzard to get to a reptile show uh mm-hmm. one was a reading show up here that mm-hmm. we woke up to just getting pounded by snow and we crawled at like 15 miles an hour all the way to the convention center and we were tucked in this tiny ass little room in the convention center and people were literally like doing donuts in the parking lot for fun. Okay. For fun. People were doing this. Um, okay. And I sold every Jaguar I brought with me and I brought like 12 and this is when they were like 700 bucks. So really, yeah. So sometimes I, th- that show showed me that I have no fucking idea what is going to happen at shows that you can be like, nah, these will sell. Well, I have no goddamn clue. Like it was, I thought we were like, there were instances where I wanted to turn around and I'm thankful that we did not. But if you did that and then you goose egged on that show, didn't sell, Mm -hmm. I'd be pissed. So, (laughs) um, we did that. There was no special prep. There was no special after prep. Of course you brought, um, I had heating elements for the table, which I still do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, it's kind of evolved. I had, I used to have a heat cable that I would like wind all around into everything. Yeah. <laughs> and right. then Mike Curtin showed me these things. They're called seedling mats. Um, okay. And they look like little rep, little reptile heat mats and they have a little dimmer switch on them. And they're supposed to be for little seedlings that you put on your windowsill or something. Okay. And this is supposed to heat them. Well, wouldn't you know it? The 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 measurements of these little seedling mats match an acrylic tear from like ARS, freaking <laughs> perfectly. Uh, like it's perfect. So oh, that's awesome. I have a bunch of those now, and then I have a big mat for my big displays. Uh, so I'll probably plug them in. And I do have a, a temp gun in my show bucket to kind of temp, and then that's uh-huh. good because. You just kind of turn it, you know, you can fuck with the dial and stuff like that. Keep everybody warm and checking and stuff like that. So I I definitely do that. But I know a lot of people that don't even bother with heat. And that always kind of seemed to bother me a little bit. It's especially in certain venues like uh, Oaks is a venue that you can drive into when you're setting up. So they're going to have this garage door open and then all the cars are going to come in and it's going to be cold as hell. So, yeah. Yeah. Similar um, to what we what we experienced at Tinley, right? They had that right, big door. Right, open right. That, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah, I kind of feel like having the heat and all that stuff. Um, I will definitely be bringing I have a box of um, uh, heat packs that, like for shipping. Yeah. And I bring those as like Just a worst case. case scenario. Like if my car breaks down or tire goes bouncing off that way or something like that and I'm stuck someplace. Sure. I mean, the car will probably keep running, but if something really bad happens and I got away from Melissa to come, I'll throw heat packs in. Again, I it's it's not that far. The other time I went in a snowstorm to a reptile show was I was on my way to Tinley Park with Andrew. Yeah, and we hit his blizzard, and we actually the the interstate got shut down, and we got routed through like back roads. Now he has a giant Tonka toy truck like on giant tires and things like that, which do you ever want right. to feel like a badass in the snow? It's like, yeah, nothing can kill. I did many things <laughs> can kill you many things. So yeah. it's, so that was fine. We just kind of took it slow and did all that, but we didn't have any animals with us. 
Um, <laughs> brings us to the third time I went to a reptile show and it was post blizzard. Like, so the snow happened the night before and my mother's mm-hmm. like, are you sure you want to leave to go early? And I said, I'll be fine. I was going to meet Mo and Jason down at Havre de Grace and I was dropping oh, off a female to go with Mo. And I was driving down this hill in uh-huh. Willow Grove, Pennsylvania. And oh, all boy. of a sudden, all of a sudden, I start going like this, which is odd. The car is <laughs> not supposed to go sideways. Um, right. Lost total control. Hit the curb. Smashed into a lamppost and a bank sign. Uh, airbags deployed. It was all kinds of fun. Uh but I had a snake with me and I had a, a bunch of feeder rats. So, okay. Um, cops all at the scene, all that fun stuff. I had friends come by and it must've looked illegal as shit because they rolled up and I handed them this snake and this, and, this <laughs> and, and a, what I hadn't realized at the time is that the rats had exploded all over the car. So there were frozen rodents, like, like, after the cops had come and talked to me a couple of times, I realized that there was a frozen rat right on the dash, like just sitting right there on the dash. And I'm like, yep. Okay. So I managed to get all those into a bin and give it to my friends who came by and they drove off. And uh, yeah. Right. So I would say definitely when you're going to go to a reptile show in this inclement weather is, you know, take your time. And um, obviously yeah. realize that, the worst case scenario that would have happened that day, if I just delayed another hour, is we would have been there an hour later. Because it, it, by the time my friends and stuff drove past, because they were they still went, it, it was an hour and a half later anyway. So, right, it wouldn't have really mattered. So, I'd say don't push it. Obviously, take into account that you have live animals. We aren't um, stamp collectors. So you do have to keep that in account. So, you know, fire up the car before you go get it, uh, before you start loading up. That That's probably the main thing is I'll have to get up earlier to start my car. Because when I bought my car, I bought it and I said, I don't need the bells and whistles. But now I've gotten older and I'm like, you know, Melissa has a I want heated seats. I, no. <laughs> <laughs> I miss Mel- my heated seats. Melissa has like a remote starter and heated seats and all this uh-huh. other shit. And I'm like, I guess I'll just crank my seat back like the olden days. Like it's stupid <clears throat> shit. Yeah, anyway. it's, it's weird. It's weird when uh, the older you get, the more, like, depending on where you live, but here in the Northeast, it's like mm. remote starter is like, oh my oh, God. That's so nice. That's so oh nice. My God. I love just I, I, looking I, I, out my window and going, click. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, you know how awesome that would be when doing reptile shit? I would set my alarm, wake up, hit it. And then by the time I'm out of the shower and shit like that, it's time to start packing and the car is warm. Like, I. Yeah. If anybody yeah. wants to know what they can get Owen yeah. for Christmas, it's a remote starter in his goddamn 2016. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, very good. In case anyone is listening. Um, so. I remember, uh, I, th- I, I guess it was a Tinley we went to, but I remember it being colder because typically it would be in October. Right, right. And right. I used to take my animals in a big styrofoam, like something that you would yeah. – like box. a fishing cooler, but yeah, like, yeah. you know, but a shipping box thing. Mm-hmm. Maybe I think I got it from work where they would, uh, 
transport like uh, medicine that had to be refrigerated that they got it. Okay. So it's like a bit, it's basically a big cooler, but right. you know, uh, styrofoam. So uh, I would put a heat pack in both sides of it and just put the animals in there for the transport. Mm-hmm. Um, just like I was shipping them and that's, uh, that's never had no Kohler, problems with them. Kohler. Yeah. Um, so like I usually, I usually show up animals in displays. So does Balin. Kohler always right. brings them in a separate like shipping yeah. box. And then he, yeah goes through and puts them all into the displays and he sets them all up and he sets his prices and stuff like that. And he'll usually have heat packs in there if it's kind of cold and crummy. Um, but yeah. he's got such a long drive coming from Altoona. Yeah. Yeah. So, but then like there's some instances where like uh, we talked about it. I think it was uh, Tinley park. I, I tried to offer my, my guys water because I'm like, so they were packed mm-hmm. up on Thursday they were with us all yeah. day Thursday and fr- and Friday. It's now Sunday. Like, and, and we're not going to be home till Monday. Like, I need to, like, that's that's a lot. Yeah. So I remember giving them water. I think it was, uh, I think I did it, like, Saturday. Uh-huh. Uh, right when we were getting ready to leave, I put a bunch of little deli cups of water in their cages. So. Yep. Which is something else that I don't think a lot of people think of. It's, yeah. No, especially for a two-day show, you know. Um well, it's, it's, travel time makes a two-day show a four-day show. It's like two-day yeah, show, yeah, two-day travel. Yeah. It's like, yeah. So. <clears throat> yeah, it's, uh, you know, I guess if you're going to somewhere like Daytona in mm. the summertime, you probably don't necessarily have to wear Well, I would think maybe you have to take into consideration overheating, right? right. But other I, than that. <laughs> I, I mean, it's shipping rules. You know, when do you yeah. feel most comfortable shipping? When it's kind of cool outside, when it's not hot, when it's not freezing but kind of cool because then i know the animal will handle whatever's thrown at it and if it gets real dice they can throw a heat pack in there same freaking rules for going to a snake show if it's hot as balls outside like i'm terrified for the snake and like you know it yeah and if it's freezing outside i think it's going to be like because this is a weird one because the show's on sunday so Uh i'm like yeah i'm like oh it's not saturday no it's sunday so tomorrow i'm like i should get I should get all the animals ready and do all this stuff after work. Oh, wait, I don't have to. So, yeah, it's going to be 16 degrees with a high of 30 on Sunday. Okay. But the, the, I think the snow should be cleared up by then. Right? Oh, yeah. Show, the snow's only going today and tomorrow. Yeah. Okay. Which is good. Yeah, I, I don't got to do anything Saturday. Well, I hope by next show we can talk about how well you did. You uh, well, know, I mean. You, we will already know. Yes. <laughs> when this comes out, when when this comes out I will already know if not be cursing it. Yes. So, right. um, yeah. Okay. So then the the next right. show after this one is the first one at the new Hamburg spot. And what date's that? Uh, end of February, February 24th. So okay. I have my trip with, I have my trip with Rob before that, where, mm-hmm. um, if Rob ever wanted to kill me, this is his chance. We're going, to be, in, we're going to be in the middle of the woods in Tampa. And, you know, I think people <laughs> would believe him if I, if like, he's like, listen, I tried, but he got eaten yeah. by an alligator. People are like, that sounds about right. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> Rob's uh, plotting his Rob's uh, like, takeover what? No, of like, NPR. His total takeover. <laughs> First, he's got to go be a co-host on another show. And then yeah, he's got to kill yeah, okay. me. And then, yeah, it, it's. No one would. No one would count it the wiser. Yeah. Excellent. 
Yep. A little Mr. Burns in him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, All right. Let's talk about rough scale Python. So uh, I guess before we get into the babies, um, I'm curious uh, yep. just because it's breeding time this year. Like yep. when you bred them, what was the time frame month wise? Was it at the beginning, in the middle, at the end? Of the- so I did the introduction for the first ones um, pretty early, like normal carpet python stuff, like introductions in uh, maybe around this time, like January. But I don't think I got any kind of lock or anything like that till later. So let me just see. Because, of course, I have it photographed. Um, Yeah, the first lock was February 15th. So I was putting together, separating, feeding, stuff like that. So we were well into the warm-up. Because, like we say, we normally start warming up around Valentine's Day. So it was kind of right around that point. So saw the first lock then. Um, And they did get pretty cozy with each other. I didn't see any additional locks out in the open. Um, uh-huh. but the eggs were not laid until April thir- uh, April 29th is when she started. April 30th is when I stopped screaming. So yeah, it was just like a little, <laughs> it's a little day thingy. Um, okay. So February, March, April. So yeah, I mean, okay. the February locks are what did it. Cause if you, if she laid at the end of April, she was pregnant throughout February and March. So there you go. Okay. And then um, <clears throat> after she laid, I put him in with the other female and I saw nothing. No action, no locks, no nothing, no cuddling up with each other, maybe kind of sharing a hide box. But she was also okay. the smaller female. So I was like a little bit more wary of her. Um and she dropped on July 17th. So that's well okay. into spring breeder territory, in my opinion. Okay, yeah. It's saying, uh, I think the stat I looked was uh, on that um, natural history of the rough scale python was mm. 85.8 days was the mean, uh, basically from mating to egg laying. Okay. <clears throat> and that makes sense. I mean... Because I I didn't do I did the one I was only going to do one clutch but then I got squirrely and said why the hell not and I threw him in with the other female shortly after the eggs I got the eggs from the first female so that would that would make a lot of sense they're they're pretty much on point there um, but I did not I guess, get yeah because the you did not get what the first clutch hatched on June thirtieth right and then the the second clutch arrived. Um, July 17th. So, okay. Yeah. All right. That makes sense. Um, yeah. <clears throat> I found it, um, I found it interesting when I was uh, researching notes together for the show. Uh, when you look at, um, the graph that they had in the, the more complete carpet, yep. um, basically the rainfall <laughs> is like, uh, you know, just shoots up. <laughs> it's like nothing. There it is. Yeah. Up in the ceiling. Right. Yes. So it starts, it starts ramping up in October, which would be spring. Right. Right. And, um, I want to say that, uh, that's about when they start, uh, 
breeding. Yeah, it's like um, do, 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 was it? Yeah, I didn't actually yeah, like. I didn't. Time. I didn't increase like misting or humidity or anything like that. Um, I just kept. Uh, I maybe had them do a little bit of a cycle feed, and kind of then kept feeding them throughout the warm up. So like maybe I, t- I turned them off for about a month, maybe as far as food goes, and then started feeding heavy when we did the warm up. Um, and that was just because uh, my one female, the younger girl, uh, she had actually been sick earlier in the year, which is why I didn't really want to breed her because I wanted to put more weight on. Um, she started eating like a freaking horse. She was hammering food like mediums, large issues, anything that was going into her freaking mouth. And then same thing goes with the other two, the, uh, the bit larger female and the male. Um, like they were just waiting. Like she's right now she's curled up like on the top of her bin. This look, you can kind of see her. Right. She's hungry. <laughs> like she's looking, she's there because she's looking. Um, but like they'll so be you find that- in that S position <laughs> kind of hanging down. So you find that it's important to sort of feed them at this point? Yeah. I mean, when they warm up. Um, Especially the female? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I mean, both girls looked like shit after they laid their eggs. So, like- <laughs> so when you're doing that, are you doing it like are you just doing it once a week? Large meal, large meal, small uh, meal, medium I mean, meal? Every, every, more 14, frequent? every 14, maybe not more frequent, just larger. It's usually Large, my thing is okay. I, I don't want to do more frequent. It's just bigger. Yeah. Um, okay. But like right now she's still on her normal stuff. Um, but then uh, next month I might up both the girls up to larger food, especially because if I'm still seeing no action from the other ones. Um, gotcha. Then, yeah. Okay. I should say, <clears throat> I just, I just, when I was just talking, I was talking about, the graph and all and i was talking yeah. there's really no information about the breeding in the wild so to speak and right, a lot right. of the information that weigel got was basically from collecting the wild ones and putting them in and captivity seeing and what they did observing yeah. them <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah so i just want to make sure that uh you know i'm i'm, I'm not and, I, and i'm sure that, somebody you know. somebody somebody somewhere is gonna be like i don't know why we don't just go research it well because they're kind of hard to get to and it's like yeah. That'd be a lot of money and a lot of things to just go sit out there and watch one. Ooh, I sure would love that job, though. I mean, I, <laughs> I mean, sign, sign me up, but yeah. But the issue is, like, why are we why are we looking hardcore into a species of python that we can't get to stop breeding? Like, I mean, it's they're they're endangered in their native range and they're endangered in the wild because they have such a, a such a niche little output but there are so many in captivity in australia europe u.s like the fact that i have more than one rough scale here shows you just that they're not as rare or endangered so as far as yeah they're well as far as they're uh being endangered you know Mm. uh, i i don't know whether or not i think the cane toads have sort of made it to mitchell's plateau Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't know if they're, you know, in the Keep area, to, yeah. you know what I mean? I don't know if they're, they're, they're st- I, I think that's correct. Um, however, uh, the, one of the things I found interesting was the fact that they are, uh, they believe that 
that they probably feed on frogs. Yeah, um, that and probably skinks when they're yeah. when they're babies. Yeah, um, in the wild. I'm glad and, you told me that because I do still have one non one one annoying baby, and I'm like. Right? Fucking frogs! It's gonna be goddamn frogs again. But I, I, I did not, try, I did not try frog scenting. So, okay, guess what we're okay. doing this weekend. So, yep. <clears throat> but the 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 messed up thing is like, as adults, they readily take rodents, right? And apparently, um, you know, there's that there's that whole story of like, why do the rough scale pythons have such long teeth? Right. And they're sort of in this uh, evolutionary. Uh, battle between this species of rat that sort of mm-hmm. sheds its fur when it grabs it and the the, the idea is that they've evolved these longer Fish teeth sort of get yeah. past that you know yeah um which i i want to say that i'm pretty sure that they have the longest teeth of any python species they're, the green they're tree, rather, right behind it they are rather large um i'm not sure if i can show it to you but i have one Yo, you have a one, tooth this yeah this is one that came out of while oh, cleaning of your hand <laughs> yeah um oh, no. yeah it's one of the, it was one of those moments you know when you clean and then all of a sudden you're like ow and then like you like you're like, like cleaning like this and yeah, yeah so there was a tooth in my hand and that was this is a small one and it's broken so i'm not sure where that one came but it's not one of the, they have some long ones here and up top that are just huge so right. okay and I guess the, you know, well, they used to think that green trees had that because they were trying to get birds. Right. But they found out that birds really don't make up a huge part of their diet. I um, would say that, um, I mean, exactly. Like, you know, it's like, could that be for birds? But could it be for rodents? Could it be because frogs are slippery? Like, I mean, yeah. when, you, when this is your only way of grabbing something, I'd want giant yes, fish hooks with too. With your mouth. Yeah. Like, you know. <laughs> I don't want to miss either. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. I just I found that interesting about the, the, the frog thing. And then, you know, the 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 thing that would be would make me nervous would be the fact that cane toads would move in. Babies go, go after, after the cane toads. Yes. They're already in a, uh, you know, uh, serious uh, spot where their habitat is pretty much. Sort of, they're like in these little pockets of monsoon right, bars, little niche area. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I would so, be devastated to learn that they get horribly impacted if not labeled as some sort of there are endangered extinct species. Yeah, there is a group of them that are um, uh, off an island mm. there. Um, that well, there's I think they found one on that island. But the, the idea would be that if I, I guess if you were going to conserve them, that would be the place to put them because the thinking would be that the, the toads, but that's such a there. shitty thing to be like, now we're going to keep you on this Island. And I yes. guess the mainland is for toad land now. Like I don't <laughs> fuck the toads. Like, you know, uh, and, that's, and that's what really upsets me is that it's like, so basically all of Australia is just going to be cane toads and saltwater crocodile. <laughs> well, I think that I, I I can't remember this. I can't remember. Uh, I want to say that they're they're coming up with something that uh, might be able to sort of at least kick them back a bit. Came to but 
I got to tell you, man, when we were in Southeast Queensland and whenever it was, 2022, I guess it was yeah. at the end of 2022, we went to this one, we were staying at the spot um, and uh, we went for you know, a hike around us, mm-hmm. sort of like rainforest habitat or whatnot. We went to this pond and we're like looking at the ground and it's like, kind of like, looks like it's moving. There's oh. all these tiny toadlets. Toadlets. Oh god. Everywhere, dude. The ground was just it was it was like a blanket of toadlets. It's oh like, my what? god. Yeah. Well that's terrible. that's how you that's how you combat them. Cause like what is the worst thing that happens to frogs is when something happens in the, the tadpole or the toadlet phase or something like that. Like that's where you kind of attack it. So it's like, how do you kill the toadlets when they're small and stuff like that, or how do you handle that situation? And it's like, it's hard. And I know people constantly say something like, you know, uh, like when we, we've talked about it before, I'm like, cane toad should be wiped out and people shouldn't let their cats outside. They're like, well, what about Burmese pythons? They suck too. Like, um, Oh, I had a, I had a free book and I got, um, invasive Python of America, which is a book about the Burmese Python. But I mm. guess it was written with that crappy science because there's a map in there that says, like, uh, where the Burmese pythons can spread. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? Like, <coughs> yeah. Nevada? Yeah. Why? Like, no. <laughs> like, it's no chance in hell. <laughs> oh, yeah, I God. think the, the thing with them is uh, I think I was listening to Zach talk about this with the yep. Burmese python. Apparently, there's a, some kind of an, um, invasive parasite of some sort that okay. are affecting the pygmy rattlesnakes um, uh, and uh they believe that they that it came from from the burmese python i hope i god, got that right god um, damn it but that would suck yeah that's that's pretty uh so you know when this whole thing about like well what about your they all suck just the death of them, but are they native? Species. No, then they suck. Yeah. It's like it. Yeah. Um, anyway, you know, with that being said, the frog eating of the uh, rough scale, if that is in case, in fact, what they would. And, and it only makes sense. I mean, if you're looking at baby Morelia carpets, mm-hmm. I would even say green trees. And um, uh, I would probably even say a lot of. Uh, I think a lot of. It's probably either take kinks or right. frogs on the sort. Mm-hmm. And uh, it makes them vulnerable for when the invasion of the cane toads comes to the northwestern Kimberley. So, Jesus, you know, uh, um, I mean, you can use that to do your advantage st- when you're trying to set. You know, I mean, I can use that, but I'm telling you right now, if I hear that they're coming, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hold the line with a flamethrower. Like you will not, they will not <laughs> over my dead body. You're like, yeah, no, yeah. So. <laughs> Having some but, flashbacks. Yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so typically they have. Um, so let's talk about the clutch slides real yep. quick before we get into it. Uh, I think you know, in you know, I guess that's sort of average to small clutches. Ten to fourteen <laughs> eggs is what I what I see. It seems like they hatch out. You tell me somewhere between a carpet and a chondro. It's like yeah. I mean, it's not grams is what they hatch out at. Yeah, you had the small ones. Um, I, I mean that that. Uh, I mean, I had some small guys in there that I would consider fragile, but I like, you know, when you have twin carpet pythons yeah. and you're like, sure. my God, like it's, yeah. <laughs> um, they weren't, they weren't as bad as that. I was expecting, right. uh, 
baby uh, Chondro, and they were bigger than that. They were a little bit bigger than that. Um, right. I did not weigh them because I don't do that. <laughs> so right. Yeah. Like, I know that did not happen. Um, right. So uh, I think I got in the first clutch was sixteen, and then the okay. second clutch was um, ten. Okay, yeah, so 10 to 14 eggs is, yep. yeah, that's about right. Okay. And like I sense. said, she she was massive. The other one was normal size, <laughs> like, you know. <laughs> okay. Um, and uh, so what I was reading is basically once they get going, the growth is pretty, pretty Oh, rapid. my God. They, they oh, my God. Fast. I think you were talking about this on the last show where it's sort of like that olive python thing. It's like. It's like they just go. <laughs> like, well, <laughs> you're just growing. <laughs> the, the, I mean, the problem is, is that they're so, they're so small. And we yeah. both know that pinkies have nothing to them. So yeah. I started them on fuzzies. So, okay. and we've had that moment, like, you know, when you up a snake from like, you now will be taking large mice. And like, you, when you do that, the snake just mm-hmm. explodes size-wise. They just grow. Right. So these right. guys, I'm like, here is a fuzzy. And then they ate it. And I'm like, that may have been a little bit too big for you, but we'll see. And they didn't puke it, which is my, you know, going thing of, is it too much? And they just exploded. They just grew and they keep growing. And to the point now where it's like, you, I'm looking at them and I'm like, you guys are so beyond that fragile little baby stage. But I keep wanting to handle them with like kid gloves. <laughs> I'm like, no, it's okay. <laughs> right. Gentle. Like, um, they didn't bite me yet, I but like they've <laughs> come here. I'm sorry, darling. Like they've they've started to figure out the process because like okay. they're all in these bins right here with sure. these latches and stuff like that on top. So they've right. started to learn like the sound of the latch. So I'll do that. Like she just so she like she just popped out her head. I don't know oh yeah, she, yeah. So she's like yep. she heard the latch and she's like, "What's up?" Mm. Like that's so. They started to so figure that out. So once they're once they're going, they're they're pretty. Dude, much they're eating machines. The they're eating machines. Okay. Right. I mean, yeah. there there are a couple that I've had to continue teasing just because <laughs> they're just reluctant to eat, or I caught them when they were sleeping. But most of them, okay. you undo the latches, you open right. that bin, get the hell out of the way, put the food in front of it because it it they're coming and. The joy you feel about that kind of like, Melissa, <laughs> uh, Melissa caught me when I finally got um, all of them off of quail, and except for okay. the, the little the little non feeder, I, I don't count her. I'm still working on her, but okay. I was up here giggling like an idiot, like I was cackling because I'm like, hey, it worked, it worked. <laughs> They're all happy, like, damn, like you know, oh, I'm sitting here I and mean, I and geez. I've sold I've sold one. And then okay. these two down here have your name on it. <laughs> like, okay. And I've picked my two. I picked a male and female for myself. But then I'm like, well, if this one has to stay, it can stay. Like it, yeah. <laughs> Slowly Excellent. build my army. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think uh, I think if they're on track, right? Um, mm. I, I was reading that basically at 18 months, the males will be of age, like breeding age, and then 30 months would be females, you know. Um, I mean, I have a juvie from uh, Terry Burwell 
he's mm-hmm. on large mice. And I mean, he's about a year, year and a half old. Mm-hmm. And it's okay. like, he would be, you know, and we had that thing like, and his last shed, he did throw sperm plugs, but it's like, he's so small. <laughs> like, I don't want to, <laughs> like, I'm like, nah, buddy, you got another year. <laughs> like there is, I, I'm reluctant to put him anywhere. I mean, I don't need to put him anywhere yet, but I got him as a safety net because my mail, my mail did get sick this past year after the eggs hatched. And I had this like flash in my brain of, holy shit, if he dies, like I have have to wait how many years to do this again. So um, I got my little boy up there as a safety safety net. So always have a backup. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I think they. What did I, I, what was you're it? not trying unless you got two point two, and I was running around with like a trio, and I'm like, "What the fuck is wrong with me?" Yeah, so I think it's uh, about three feet or so. It's no, like yeah, when yeah, yeah. Be an adult, yeah. three and a half feet, something like that. Probably yeah. females with four to five feet, something like that. I mean, I would um, say carpet thing. I mean, I my my original female that I tried to that I bred and got those five eggs that uh-huh. t- tore my heart out, flipped it around, put it back in. Um, those, she was about four and a half feet and I thought she was good to go. In like in hindsight, I wish I'd given her another year. Okay. But yeah, she, I she mean, only it never five. hurts. <clears throat> it never yeah. hurts. I think, you know, with them being so closely related to, uh, to green trees, which are typically a, a smaller, Mm-hmm. size python they're one of the smaller ones so I, I i sort of look at everything with them as like somewhere in between a green tree kind of or not like which, which way are we gonna yeah. go we're gonna go green <laughs> tree we're gonna go middle. carpet <laughs> like right um yeah. i was concerned about that about um how well they would do with the x because you know okay. in the back of my head was always buddy buscemi being like and then i lock her in there so that she can't get out <laughs> and she has to take care of the eggs it's like oh yeah. well okay like um right there was, they, 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 my girls didn't miss a beat. They were on those eggs. They had them wrapped tight. They were fantastic. Okay. I'll have to look this up because you just triggered something in my head. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, right? Like, you know, there has to be a reason why that green tree would be leaving those eggs. And I think the water python study where the water pythons would like sometimes, you know, mid incubation mm-hmm. period, they would just take off and that would be that. Right. And I think the idea, the thinking is, is that the temperatures are a lot more stable from where they're and, from. Yeah, so, there's no point in me staying here anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Like, why are you going to ex- expend that energy if, uh, you know, <clears throat> it's, you know, I don't, you don't know. need to, right? You know? Yeah. So, I mean, th- I don't know. I don't know why. Maybe it's because we're looking at captive green tree pythons that are from a bunch of different places. And, you know, yeah, maybe I, a little. Well, I, I'm thinking like since they're sort of like, uh, you know, in that sort of uh, chuckle area type deal, is it like are they conditioned to think that yeah. this kind of – This is good know, enough. Oh, these yeah. temperatures are good. I'm out. You know? Maybe. Right. I don't know. I mean and maybe who's to say that she wouldn't return to the Or it could just be a broken like snake. Yeah, yeah, that or that yeah, one's yeah, dumb. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that one's just a terrible yeah. mother. Like, it, all right, yeah. Just a lot of speculation. It's hard yeah. to uh, nail something down when you're just talking about a one-off type of thing. I mean, it, but that, but that, the, the fact is, it's that interesting you know, to talk about. There is that answer too, where it's like, 
you can sit there and you can peel back the layers of the onion and it could just end up being this snake sucks. Like, okay, well, all right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like, and we can overanalyze it. Maybe it's just her. Maybe she's an idiot. Like, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So, you know, I, so typically with morale, well, I sort of just said this, but like typically yeah. with morale, you, you, in general, um, you know, some are more difficult to get going. Some are uh, yeah, a little yeah. easier to get going. Um, but I think it's just comes down to that old fashioned thing that, uh, you know, we're not necessarily giving them what they would be eating right. in, the, in the wild, you know? Right. And um, for some of these, especially, you know, with some of these that are, you know, not have been bred as much as say like, you know, I don't know, a ball python or corn snake that, you know, was just going to take it right out of the gate. Um, you know, these are the same, these are the same rats that my ancestors, fifteen generations and or three weeks ago, took to, like it's, yeah. <laughs> I made a post over on the Morelia Pick of the Week, and basically I was asking if uh, anybody, um, you know, that we were going to talk about this topic, yeah. and did anybody have any sort of uh, experiences or you know whatever the case would be, and um, I think it was. Um, uh, Darren, um, mm. that basically, and you were sort of like, damn it. <laughs> sure. Of course. But, I mean, uh, like, yeah, of course yours that way. I mean, yeah. Yeah. What else? So Darren Boswell, he was saying that he got his pair from John Weigel back in 2007, which is pretty freaking cool you yeah, know, it is. to get it right from the source, yeah. you know, and uh, basically heavily scented, uh, mice, uh, that were scented with quail. Right. And uh, it took him 12 months to get them off of the scenting. Um, and they were from F1 uh, from Wild Parents. So, uh, it, you know, the quail thing, <laughs> you know, seems all right, to all right, keep. All right. So, yeah. I would say that if Owen McIntyre in 2010, when he was doing carpet pythons and stuff like that, hatched something like a rough scale python it'd be nothing but pure panic and i would have fucked this up 18 million ways to sunday but sure we we've been down these roads you know uh i've had entire clutches that have kicked my ass i've done morelia i've also done like this the ruffies happened after the white lips and things like that like it's and the olive python so my couple years with olive python so you know, we I very much got into the mindset of give the animal what it wants and basically yep. present it with things until you get it. And right. some years are going to be better than others. Like I was talking to you about my rhinos this year uh, that they all took fish scented pinkies the first offering. And I had one that I had to go to the store and get minnows for. And then after that, it took fish scented pinkies. So it's like so I guess I didn't even have to fire up my minnow tank this year. Which is awesome. Oh, really? Next year, I'm probably going to have to get a goddamn 20 gallon minnow tank because right. nothing's yeah. going to eat. So, like, it's I already know this. So, with them, I knew quail was definitely going to be something that I was going to have to hit because the quail did fantastic for olive pythons. Um, yes, and I just got this year's olives are all off of quail and quail scented. Like that happened this past feeding. So, oh, okay. but that's the thing where it's like, if you have an olive that is reluctant to eat anything, quail, show it a goddamn bird. <laughs> like it is. Oh my <laughs> God. And yeah. the cornix quails, like, it's like, they're perfect size for a baby olive. So those babies, I'm like, do you want a mouse? They're like, 
no. And I'm like, all right, here's a quail. Like I'll pull out quails and mice and then see, see which one you go for. If okay. you don't go for a mouse, you're going for the quail. Like I've seen olive pythons turn their head and then the quail shows up and they snap it back, like it's like back around. <laughs> Immediately. The yeah. same freaking thing happened with these guys. So Okay, so were you using button quail with that? Yes. In the game? So okay. uh when I started the feeding for them, so I had the original um 16 and they were the female back there is uh i have to split one more clutch with the person who owns her and then she's 100 percent mine and things like that so there was a split that happened so i offered two times before we ended up splitting the clutch and he Mm -hmm. took his and i took mine um okay so the first three times i offered just fuzzies so here's a fuzzy take it Take it or not mm-hmm. take it. I got four to take fuzzy straight off the bat. Uh, and the rest, okay. all like some biting, some whatever, which I had waited a couple weeks after. They That's what I was going to ask. Shed? Oh, yeah. uh, they shed. Okay. And then I waited, I think, maybe two weeks before I offered food. One, because I it was just a timing thing. And also, I was nervous as hell. So How um, long did it take them to shed for shed? Uh, first Eight. shed. Some- Hold on. Uh, Who's got the book now? <laughs> shut up. <laughs> <laughs> shut up. Shut up. Mm. Um, let's see. The first ones they hatch. I don't know why I'm looking on here. It's on their cards. <laughs> I'm thinking it right here. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell I'm doing that? All right. So they hatched April 30th. Uh-huh. Really? That doesn't make any sense. No, the eggs had the eggs laid April. Damn it. I'm on the wrong thing. When the hell did these babies hatch? June 30th. They they hatched June okay. 30th. Right. No, wait. Fucking god damn it. I'm looking, I'm mixing up the two things. Hold on. Hold on. Now you got me all kinds of turned around. So late April, May, June. Yeah, June 30th. And they okay. shed July 14th <clears throat> is when they started. So. Okay, so like two weeks. Two weeks, yeah. So yeah. two weeks, okay. and then they got their first offering on the 29th. Okay. So basically so, like uh, about – little less than a month yeah you waited yeah. until they got settled in and whatnot and, and hungry and stuff huh. like that because otherwise you're just going to be sitting there doing nothing so and this girl you know, one that i keep pulling she actually ate a fuzzy first one out of the bat so in my experience with getting uh difficult carpets going yeah um, I, I think like god damn man i had so much troubles with like albino stuff and everything trying to get that established mm-hmm. and um i finally came to the conclusion that i waited yeah about about a month right yeah it was about a month that i didn't really do anything with them let them settle down they didn't mm-hmm. really bother them you know you check on them and whatnot and just make sure change their water cool. make sure they haven't killed yeah. themselves yeah right but you're not in there like constantly proding you know prodding yeah. them and sort of like you know uh, trying to get them to eat right away and i found that um that was pretty successful for me um, i i would in, agree at time period with them just taking it right away. You know? Right. 
I forget who told me. Um, I want to say it was almost like Riley or some other people where it's like feeding them right after their shed is just a good way to find your overachievers and then piss off everybody else who was already on their way to being a good feeder. <laughs> it's like, <Right>. wait, <laughs> That's so just good. wait. Let them be, yeah. get, the, they need to be hungry. Like, they need to be hungry. So after I tried with the fuzzies, then I attacked everybody with um, fuzzies with chick down on them. Okay. And see who took the scented fuzzies. And then after that, anybody who hadn't taken anything up till that point was given a quail. And we're talking like button quail. And okay. like I told you, it was night and day. So I had fuzzies <clears throat> chick down on it and the baby Ruffy's running away. It's moving away. It's not looking. And then you lower the button quail in there and this baby just like slowly turns its head around and they do this tongue flick thing, and then they just push their entire face up against the fuzzy or the the quail. So it's like up against it, and then they just open their mouth and just clamp right on it. Is it a, is it a slow tongue flick? Is it a it's it's a normal like tongue flick? But then they get so okay. close that they can't stick their tongue out all the way. So it's like this little little thing that just uh, is hitting okay. this quail, and then they just just the force right on it, like it just <laughs> right just right. yeah. So then they just clamp right on it, and then I kind of wiggle it around. They throw some coils, and then they just eat it. And they have these huge lumps in them from these little quail because the quail is like big head, little neck, big little body, like little body. Like it was right. But then they just like a dumbbell. Thing. Oh yeah, it was right. it's, well, pretty much. So yeah, I did that, and then after that point, because the main thing is get everybody feeding. And then after that, it's get everybody big enough and healthy enough that you can start messing with their food. So it's like okay. a couple. I didn't try to mess with how they were eating for, I think, three to four. Once they, yeah, once they right. once they're eating, you don't want right. to. Right. What are you eating? That, Fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. Here it is. Sense. Right. And then when you're rolling, when you've had a couple sheds under your belt, you know, after I've sexed all of them, which pissed them off royally, you know, it's. Just keep that going. I did do with Matt. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> you want to talk about like, yep. You know, yep. I, I'm just like, wow, they're small. <laughs> I, wow, they're small. I, 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 I popped them and, uh-huh. uh, I was so nervous about how it was going to go. Yeah. And it went well with the first clutch so well that I actually just popped like it would normally like pop the babies when they hatched out of the second clutch. So, okay. and Pro, uh, uh, because you know, and we had the like the, the, the tiniest, like probes, a tiny like, little, probe, yeah, it's like <laughs> little colubri probes. <laughs> yeah, it's so small. I'm like, oh man, um, I don't know what the hell to do with this. Yeah, so, I'm curious. Like, did you notice the behavior of them doing the uh, typical Moralia? waiting at the bottom of a tree for some, you know, like the hanging some down. Do. So, so the way, <laughs> the way this is set up is we have, we have the yeah, little mesh about the setup. Yeah. Right? So we have the little, little, like uh, I forget the exact the garden fencing. Yeah. These stuff. are six quart tubs with the lids on. Cause they don't fit into this rack. So right. they have the garden fencing. Hi. Uh-huh. Um, uh, so they have the, they have the garden <laughs> fencing. I know right? he does. Yeah. This is the boy I'm keeping. So, yeah. Okay. Anyway, sit there. So, garden fencing, and it goes the entire length of the cage. And as you can see, they'll 
cling onto it and do stuff. He's dirty, so we're right. gonna clean it. He's got little water bowl. Right. And then he's got his hide. Okay. That is a little plastic thing that takes up takes up half the bin. So he right. can sit on top of that hide, he can go in that hide, he can do all that kinds of stuff. He's can do whatever he wants. So okay. and you're just using like paper towel for a substrate? We are using newspaper. Newspaper. Which is okay. yes, this uh, paper. Yeah, I forgot. You're the newspaper guy. I forgot. Yeah, this paper <laughs> that is uh the free things you can get at the front door of a Wawa that advertises books and yes. other things like that. <laughs> it fits perfectly I, into a six. I always wonder. I always who, wonder who gets those, those things. Me. <laughs> Me. I am the reason like, those things are still there. Yeah. Yeah. They think their readership is like through the freaking roof in my anyway. Um, but they will hang off you, of uh, these fencing. I should give you our old circulars. There you go, do it. Just Yeah. So they just hang down off the fencing. I mean, no so hang. I guess what I was asking the reason I'm asking is like when you were going in to feed them the first time. Hi. Were you were you noticing that? And then that's what sort of led you to say, Okay, let me try it, see if it goes. Or <laughs> some do, some didn't. Okay. Like they would okay. some of them would be on the fencing, kind of contrapose, almost hanging yeah. down. Other sure. ones would be when, when inside the bin, there's like a little because the way that the curve of the garden fence goes around the hide, there's a little yep. spot where the hide roof is still technically under the garden fence. They right. would be wedged all up in there with the garden fence resting right on top of their back. So they kind of okay. it's almost like a little makeshift squeeze in lock crevice. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, some yeah. of them would be inside the hide. So yeah. it, a lot of it was like, I wasn't sitting there watching and waiting for them to be out. Cause a lot of it after a certain point, they realized what was going on and they came to me. So like, like I told you, like you undo gotcha. the latches and then they're just like, like I said, this guy is like ready to ready go. To go. <laughs> like he just wants okay. to, I don't know where the hell the food is, but give it to me. So did you try drop feeding with any of the difficult ones? I did, and it did not go well. So okay, drop feeding was very much the, you know, I, I did get a couple to do that. So okay. when a few bit quail and stuff like that, they try to wrap them up. Some of them would let go of it, or they wouldn't really kind of do uh-huh. it with gusto. I'd kind of leave the quail on the garden fence and kind of hang in there. And then I did have one come back and eat it, but other ones that I had left like fuzzies in there or some other stuff, no go. If it's not bit wrapped, it's not getting eaten. So I just started doing that. And they've, some of them have been reluctant to eat. Like if they're going into a shed, it's kind of hard to tell on such tiny guys, um, mm-hmm. unless you catch them, they're like blue. So, um, mm-hmm. uh, but so far a couple of the older ones, um, from the first clutch are kind of just rolling. They like rock right through a, a, a shed. It's like, oh, like they'll eat it and then they'll shed the next day. So gotcha. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Have you done any experiments with like different size? You know, like it, uh, brettles will take like, uh, you know, you, you might try to feed yep. them a hopper. I mean, you try to feed them a fuzzy. And they don't really take it, but if you feed them something bigger, all of a sudden they're like, I, you know. Like, so I ran up? out of, <laughs> I ran out of fuzzies, and I had to do small pinkies or large pinkies. Okay. So I ran out of fuzzies, and I had a bag of large pinkies. Um, 
Okay. And I fed that and I had a bunch of reluctance when it kind of came to that. Um, like I, it was, I had a couple that were like, not really that interested. They did eventually eat, but it was not like as switched on as they were normally. Um, and then of course they were all cruising two days later because they ate a pinky and the hell is that? That's, there's nothing there. I wonder if there's such a, uh, uh, I wonder sometimes with those snakes that do that, particularly Morelia, but like, is it, is it that they're so used to a certain size prey item that it's sort of like it does, does the size of the prey really affect on whether or not I mean, they would take it or not, you know? Well, and that's the thing is like, so I, I, I know for a fact that if I took a large mouse and threw it to my, you know, eight and a half foot olive python, she'd probably trip over herself trying to get it down her throat. But, right. you know, it's also like, it's got to be one of the things of like, what is worth the expending the calories to kill and eat this thing? So if it's an easy thing to, to kill, yeah, all right, I'll take it. But at that size, it's like, is it worth it? Is it eh, whatever? So, um, uh, but I will also say like, I've started like, Cause we're up in my office. So when I'm feeding, yeah. it's normally everybody downstairs gets fed. And then the last thing I do is bring the bucket of the roughy food up here to feed them. Um, I've started like heating it up again in the bathroom, mm-hmm. right off of my office with uh, the bathtub in there. So it's like super hot and so you're running hot water over them. Hot, yep. So hot water yeah, helps okay. getting them hotter helped with that kind of stuff. But like um, every time I, fed it was i'd have a bucket of fuzzies that were thawed out with some chicks and also the button quail were in there and then i'd have a bucket of just straight fuzzies so it was like one of those offer the normal fuzzy to the ones that you know are gonna like pound it who are already on normal fuzzies and eat it and then you can spend a little bit more time with the ones that are on quail or on chick scent you can offer mm-hmm. them the normal, but when they ultimately refuse them, you offer them chick scent. So, okay. Like I had a quail feeder over here and mm-hmm. it was, all right, I'm going to offer you the fuzzy. Okay. You turned it down again. Cool. Mm-hmm. Here is the chick scent. Okay. You turned it down. Here's your quail. Like finally, here's the quail. There you go. Eat your quail. Um, and eventually you end up getting to the point where they take like the chick fuzzy. Or some surprise, you can go from quail straight to normal fuzzy. And you just rock okay. and roll with – once you get them onto the normal fuzzy, you just keep going. Like, that's it. Okay. So I have – I think I have one. They're all – they all think they're going to get fed. <laughs> they're, all, they're, all, they're all roaming around. They're here in that clip. <laughs> Every single one of them. Like all, the, all the babies. Moms are right there and there. Dad's hiding. Um, and then my younger male's hanging down. Like everybody thinks they're going to get fed today. So, um, right. but it, it, it's, you kind of got to, it's almost like baby steps, like show it to them and, and kind of work it through. Um, right. Yeah. Okay. You know, back to real quick, back to the growth yep. rate things. The, the one stat that was on that paper was um, basically it said growth rates of the two sexes are similar for the first year of life. Um, yeah. And then, uh, but the females tended to grow faster, uh, after the first, after that. Right. So I would agree. Um, and then, uh, 
the size difference between the two was statistically significant at 24 months of age. So, do, so the reason that I'm saying that is, do they go off food like typical males of Moralia when it's breeding time? Perhaps that's why that is that way. I'm my male sure. did. I mean, uh, did. my male did. Okay. My male did the um, and and he he was he took two weeks ago, but he was reluctant. Like he didn't want it almost. But then he's like, well, if it's here, <laughs> like it was kind of like one of those, like, <laughs> um, right? No, no, all right, fine. Like it was, um, but uh, I would say that during breeding season last year. Uh, I was like hitting him in the face with a rat and he's like, no, no, just get the hell out of here. And then I just threw him in with the girls. And um, it's kind of like once he passed through with the first female, um, Uh because like last year, I remember he had his cage over there and we'd be doing the show and I'd see him up against the glass, just kind of like Uh this. And I'm like, here's your rat. And he goes, no, I don't like you would go away from it. (laughs) So I knew what he wanted. I knew where he wanted to be. So um after he bred with the first female, he kind of settled, took a couple meals, and then I put him in with the second female because, again, he was running. So I, I would say they're okay. very in tune to that kind of stuff. Um, and I would not be shocked if they, if if a male goes off food. And they kind of seem – Marius always seems like he's one of those where he went off food when – nothing was happening. Like it was just winter when he was younger, he would just be like, and no. And it's like, okay, cool. Thanks. <laughs> so yeah. Thank not you. having any part yeah. of it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. So. <clears throat> okay. Um, I think what was the other thing I had on my, uh, do you have like a, uh, like I, I, I kind of call it like a, I guess a kit would be the right word. Yep. Like, do you have like when you're, yeah, we'll walk through that. For, like like a, a kit for like feeding or for their stuff or what? Or it's a... Well, just for like, you know, do you, are you looking at it like now that you've done it yep. once? Are yep. you like, if you're going into just say that this year, maybe you get a clutch. Yeah. What, what would you have? taken away from the previous year that you're going to do this time. That I was hundred percent, I was hundred percent correct on the quip. <laughs> like, holy shit. Well, right? Like it was, yeah. Okay. Holy shit. So, um, I would, that's my takeaway from the whole thing is like, I remember cause we, we, we talked about, um, button quail and I tried to source a couple and then, um, we heard, Jason the, Hood. <laughs> yeah, we heard through the grapevine that Jason Hood was producing some and selling them. And we like, you know, I jumped on those and got those sent up here. And then now uh, Chris sent me over eggs that quail eggs that have fully formed baby quail in them. So uh, that's another option now is there's actually an even smaller bird than the one before. So, um, you know, it, so wait, this is it's in the. Yes, it's in the egg. Uh, OK, so right. the egg has been. Huh. The egg has been manually broken and I guess frozen or whatever. So when you thaw it out, you have an egg and then inside the egg, you can see a bird. So it's in there because I fed, I used okay. a bunch of those. I used a couple of those eggs to feed and I realized that there were quail in them. And I'm like, no, <laughs> like, you know, I'll get other <laughs> eggs for the damn cobras. Like it's no, it's um, so that is been because I had I had this I had this baggie of 
quail feathers that I had that you would put the um, the fuzzy in and just kind of like shake and bake it. Um, sure. That kind of shit. Um, right. That worked somewhat, but I kind of feel like if there was a shit ton of feathers on it, it also kind of turned them off from it. Um, so I would say your kit definitely goes with obviously the cage setup, lots of perching, some nice hides. I love this rack because they're tucked in the back and there's they're enclosed, but they're kind of not because they can see each other and things like that. And yeah. a lot of light. Right. They're right up against this window, which is not great, but the heat on that's perfect. They run off of a herbstat. Um, I love these bins because they're they're six quarts and they have a lid on them. But then eventually yep. I don't even need to move that much. Like when the transition comes, I'll have less babies and they'll be ready to go into the 15s, which are yep. good because then it's yep. two, two 15s. And then after that, I can convert them if they're still here into maybe a 32. Um, I love those cages up there, the little ones that I got. Because that's great for a rough scale python. It's tons of branches and right, yeah, and that's heated. There's a mat on the floor and then there's a mat on the wall that heats that whole thing. So that's great. Okay. Um, so that is the first thing is making sure that they feel secure, warm, things like that. And then it's just offering, and it was, it was having a method. So like my desk here is an L. So mm-hmm. I would literally face this way, grab the baby set it down, open it up, try to get it to feed. And if it bit and wrapped and I had some that dropped. Don't move. I, exactly. <laughs> Last thing is like, so if it bit and wrapped and I had some that would drop them, I would slide it over here and grab the next okay. one. So then I'm okay. working with this one. There were a couple times where I had like three or four stacked up here as I was still moving through the other guys. Like that's, it's a thing. It's a process. It's a, you know, and we talk about that. It's a process for every year, everything of babies. I finally got my caramel exanic jag to eat, um, unscented fuzzies this past week. And he was a bitch. He was a horrible feeder. He was terrible. I hate Xanics. Like it's <laughs> yeah. all of you can go to hell. Like it is. And, but it's a process. And then you get there and then you just keep feeding him and you do your normal uh-huh. thing. Uh-huh. And in a year from now, I'm going to forget of how much of a pain in the ass he was until I look at his card when he's moving up from a six court to a 15 or to a 32. And I'm going to look back at the feet things and be like, Oh yeah, you did piss me off a hellish amount. Like that's just the way it goes. So, um, the right. kit for them would be obviously get that set and then have the food offerings. Your food offerings should be obviously what you want to get them on, which is an unscented rodent. Okay. Right. So you have that. Right. And I would have a bucket of that, warm everything, all set. After that, so we're talking have, rodent size. We're talking hopper, right? I fuzzy, or fuzzy, 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 fuzzy. Okay, yeah, hopper. Right. No, <laughs> we're we're not there yet. We're going to be on hoppers for a while. Like it's going to take. So this is like fuzzy that just got a little bit of fuzz on. Yes, it, right? yes. Pinky with a little. Yes. Okay. Right. Uh, yeah, fuzzy. Like I'm people talking sizes like, can yes. be funny. Well, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. That that happened too, where it's like I fall out the fuzzies, and I'm like, this one is too big for you. You could take this one. Like it's like some of them 
because there are definite dip variations in the size between the first clutch and the second clutch, just because of okay. these guys are about a month or two behind these guys. So, right. Yeah. Okay. Um, so you have the fuzzy straight up hot water. Good to go. Then you have fuzzies that are, I thawed them out with chicks. So I have four chicks, which I perfect because my Dunai male only likes birds. So every, like every baby, he's on a baby feeding schedule because he gets four birds every 14 days and he just eats mm. them, which now it's winter okay. and he and the female are off feed, which means the false water cobra are getting chickens, which I have shit that will eat these goddamn birds. It's fine. So uh, you thaw the chicks and I do that because also it's good. You can pull the feathers off the chicks right then and there. Also in that okay. bucket are any quail that are being used. Like I said, it's button quail. The, the, the okay. cornix quail are way too big for baby roughies. Um, right. So that's the button quail. Um, and then, like I said, it's, it's trial and error. It's offer what you want. And if it doesn't take it, then offer the next thing, then offer the next thing. And if the animal what? gets too stressed or too shitty, like it's run all yeah. over the place, walk away, just close it up, walk away. Yeah. Try again tomorrow. Gotcha. So that, <clears throat> that's what I was going to ask. Like, yeah. What's the time frame between something that's reluctant to feed and it's not feeding what's well, good to when you would try again? So I, I offer the fuzzy and if they don't immediately dive on it, if there's like some mm-hmm. interest, but then they kind of keep doing their own thing or not really kind of going, then it's the fuzzy with the chick down on it. And then, okay. Cause like, you'll see the interest it's immediate. It's either they want it or they don't. And right. if they're still reluctant, then, then it's the quail. Um, okay. And if they're still, so it's reluctant, not like, it's not like when you sort of like I have this trick where it's touch the neck, yeah, or touch, yeah, you touch like right at the neck, and they sort of like bend and automatically. Oh, I'm left. I might as well just get. Ah, oh, shit! I'll just get. I'll eat it. It's in my mouth. Like it's for them. Yeah, it's what the hell. Pissing them off more than the neck thing was touching their tails. So we're talking like chondro bullshit right, right there. I haven't seen any called alluring, but they would be stretched out and yeah. kind of over here. And then you'd kind of like just touch their tails and they'll snap back around. And now you have their attention and then right. you kind of dance it around and show them it. And then they bite onto it. I, I'm, right. I'm, I think I'm horribly uh, spoiled that everybody's doing as well as they are. Um, mm-hmm. And that, you know, they're all, yeah, it seems like you, it seems like you didn't have that, I want to. I would, you know, if I was a, if I was an egotistical. Dick, some of the things that you. I had. mean, exactly. If I was an egotistical <laughs> dickhead, I'd be like, clearly, I am amazing. No, like it's just <laughs> they. This turned out well. Like I, I think it went. I wonder well. how much of that is your just your excitement for. I mean, roughies and yeah, you know what I mean. Like, but that's the thing is, I know. Like, I would say these guys were as bad as the white lips. You know, we okay. had. So when the white lips hatched, I had some that were like rockets with teeth, immediate food, wrap it. Right. And then I had ones that were reluctant and had to get started on quail, Okay, you know, and then they worked their way up. And I would say the same thing happened with olive pythons. So it's like these guys, for all that they are, they are different. And they did kind of, I definitely do hoist the entire species onto a pedestal. Um, Sure. So that was something that was kind of in my brain about it, but they were not as hard as they could have been. 
that does not okay. mean that the next clutch is going to be easy. Like that's what I never try to sit there and be like, right. I will never sit here and say like, I must, I have figured it out now. I'm the master of all Madagascar right. hognose. No, like fuck, it's a roll of the dice every fucking year. <laughs> right. Let's see how this goes. <laughs> Shit. Like it's all right. So that's where we're at. I, I think I was extremely lucky with my first two clutches being as good as they are. Um, mm-hmm. I'm excited. Because I've thought about this a couple times with um, the the two little. I have my two right here. They have their own shelf. Those are mine. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, don't look at those. Are, nah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I, I'm thinking about like because it's in my head. Because you know we've gotten to the point now where um, certain animals I have produced in carpet pythons and stuff like that have have. Mm-hmm laid eggs and stuff like that and have yeah i have raised their kids and their grandkids and i'm like god i can't wait for it like those two at one point will be my yes. breeding stock like oh my god like oh my god yeah yeah, that, yeah that's pretty cool that i'm excited for yeah you know um the other thing i wanted to say as far as um as you were talking uh you know, the comment that brett had made over yep. pick of the week that it's not too bad to get him going, but it's just about patience. And I think that really is what it comes down to with a lot of these things, you know, just it being is. patient and, and, and being able to understand when you're stressing them out and sort of back off, like you were saying, um, I mean, this you know. is something where, and and I think that is the definite correct direction that we need to take with herpticulture because, you know, the fact that a pinky pump was something that, we felt needed to be on this planet. Yeah. Cause I mean, you yeah. want to talk about stressing the fuck out of a, 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 an animal and me. I'm pinky right. pumped some of my first carpet pythons that I hatched. Cause I didn't know that that's not what, like that you shouldn't do that. Like I thought it doesn't eat. You try, and then you know what? When it's near the brink of death, you you use the pinky pump with the little serrated disc in it. With that, it is a horrible goddamn thing, and I <laughs> I have it because I eventually I'm going to get it framed and put it in a shadow box of bullshit. Like it was stupid, right. and the fact that I still see them at shows is ridiculous. So you still see them? Yes. No shit. Man, okay. they're still sold in these fun little cases. Those and hot rocks, man. Yeah. They won't let go. Stupid. <laughs> but they're and I do and I have had to force feed animals and things like that. I had to force feed a couple this year. I have this little girl Ruffy that I've had to do a couple times. But going through the whole pinky pump bullshit, like the force feeding is the last straw for me because the amount of stress that you put that animal through, it, you well, have when to you come say- so far back. Are you, when you say force feed, are you mm. talking about like I? I usually equate it to assist feed. Okay, yeah. So like you're sort of putting the the prey in the mouth and letting go. And it's off. much easier yeah. with the ruffy because her teeth are so long. And I yeah, started with right. I started with um. I started with baby quail leg, like the cornish quail legs, like almost like a okay. drumstick, and they would sure. get caught okay. up, and she would just kind of work it down. Um, and then a couple of quail, you know, when you open up a box of, or a bag of things, there's like a head over here and stuff like that happened with the quail. So I had a couple, a couple loose quail heads. So okay, those two, she's up to now a full grown fuzzy, like a full blown, like a, uh, or I'm sorry, large pinky. Um, she'll do those, but she's very good at like getting it, working it, working it. And then you'd be like, 
and like just dropping it or throwing really? it out. Or, okay. Oh, she's annoying as shit. <clears throat> if oh, she wow. wasn't a rough scale python, I'd. I'd mm. <laughs> so, <laughs> she would be Kribo. Oh food. my God. So, oh, yeah. um, I, she, I'm rel- she, I'll get her going. It's just going to take some time. So Matt also made the comment that one of the things he looks for, like, like I was asking you about, mm-hmm. you know, what's like, are they doing the, the chondra pose? Um, but he says once they start cruising at night, he seems to see, he seems to say, okay, one, they're cruising two, at night. Three, four, five. Like I, I, I'm look, they're all cruising. Everybody is cruising okay. right now. And it's, it like obviously they will ambush predator. So if they have an up high place and they're hanging yeah. down, they'll eat. Right. Like my right. my small male up there is hanging down, and that's just the way. He, but that's just the way he sits. The female right. is sitting right here on the ledge of her box. Again, that's just the way she sits. Now, I open that cage right now. I'm gonna get lit up. Like yeah. the the other female down here is on the. In her, eh, she's kind of in her box, and then the male is. I think she's up here with her. She, he's in the box. She's a. Where the hell is she? All right, there's a female somewhere in there. So, um, the, you know, if they're if they're hunting, they're hunting. So yeah. whether they're cruising and hunting, whatever. If they're hanging and hunting, whatever. If I come in here with a rodent bucket and they were right. in their high hide. Now they're hanging hunting because what they're going to do is take their head out of their box and wait for right. me to open the door. And I've gotten to the point where I it's like say I opened the door and like the door opened and I turned around to get the rat and I turned back around. They are like gap bridging out of their cage, like four feet. Like they're like oh, wow. okay. hanging. And then you just put the rat in their coils and they go right back and snap back in. So okay. if they're hunting, they're hunting. So obviously to set yourself up for it, you know, I, I'm not feeding in the morning time. Even if I have Are you a day feeding off. in the night? I'm usually feeding around evening, yeah. stuff like that, because I'll do okay. other things and then I'll start thawing the food and then I'll go get the food and then I'll, you know, feed as I go. It's usually around six, seven o'clock at night by the time I get in here for feeding. Okay. Sometimes earlier, sometimes not. Again, they're really good about knowing the scent and like what like food has arrived and now they're going to investigate this. Um, I wonder, if, <clears throat> go ahead. Sorry. No, I'm saying like, if they're not investigating, like uh, I, I, I thought my second female was gravid and then I wasn't a hundred percent. And then I came in uh-huh. with a bucket of rats and she didn't show up. And I'm like, all right, let's investigate further. And that's when I found her on the <laughs> eggs. And I'm like, ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> My suspicion was My suspicions correct. were correct. <laughs> like, yeah. I, uh, I wonder how much of, uh, you know, establishing, uh, any snake, I guess for the most part, but, um, I wonder how much of a, a routine it is. Like, you know, same time that you're offering yeah. them, the same way you're offering them the, you know, just setting that routine, we sort of see it with breeding the animal. So I wonder, like, does I wonder how much that plays a part in them becoming established? Uh, I think I think setting a routine, and yeah. you know, you might not even notice you're setting the routine, but I think right. setting the yeah. routine helps a lot with uh-huh. establishing them, especially about getting feeding. Um, you know, that like we we had that conversation of like setting the routine of going to the same rodent breeder every time. Like, you yeah. know that that's the that's a routine 
Um, I'll tell you what, man, I've had a hell of a time with that yeah. sometimes. Like back in the day where it'd be, well, before I was dealing with cold blood cafe, it would be like, I would, I got them from, uh, I got rodents from a local person. And then, mm-hmm. um, then I sort of like, uh, I didn't, I, it was too far of a drive to get them all the time. And then I would pick some up from a show and it would be like, uh, they don't take these. And then, you know, I don't know. It's just like, yeah. like once you get a broken breeder, you know, for me, I stick with them. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like, you know, unless you're it, an asshole. Yeah. Like, it's, uh, asshole. <laughs> it's, it's much easier to establish that thing. And it's, you know, and again, you, you're doing yeah. the routine by not even knowing, like I put them down, yeah. unlock their bins. That's part of it. Like it's all signaling that food is coming. So, um, and they're not even at that point yet where they need to worry about other things going on in that cage. Now, um, I will say that a lot of times I'll be working here and like, I'll get a little break at work or I'll have my lunch break and I'll do their waters because they're right here. Like, and I'll just end up doing Uh all the waters of all the snakes in the room. And normally that's during the day. And normally they're just sitting either in a bin or crude. Like they're not, they're not about to light me up. Like what's about to happen over here. Like it's, yeah. So Right, so, so stay, stay away from the bitey end at night. Yeah, yeah, stay away from the bitey end at night. I feel like <laughs> I feel like that's good advice for all pythons, but let's go with especially yes. with ruffies. Yeah, so yeah, ruffies yeah. and chondros. Ruffies, chondros. It's so funny you Emeralds. you have so many snakes you have to take care of. You're squeezing it in on your lunch break, dude. <laughs> Ruffy break. I mean, I yeah, quickly I have to get these water. Yeah, but you know what? You know what? It's like it, it, we're. You do this, and then you do you slowly start to see benefits and trickle in of stuff. Where it's like, sure, uh, the trip to Tampa is funded off of snake sales. Um, we're getting a new sofa; it's funded off of snake sales. Um, yeah, man. we're we're redoing the attic so that we can put storage and shit up there. And I bought that ladder and all that other fun stuff from snake sales. So it's like, um. You know, it is it is definitely one of those labor intense. I call it my second job because what that's what it is. That, that's what yeah. it fucking is at this point. Um, but if something were to happen and I needed to ditch, I would accept certain things. <laughs> like it would, just, <laughs> you know. Of course, yeah. yeah we all have our things we wouldn't the li- that's the hard thing is when somebody were like, if, oh, if you could cut yourself down to a certain number of species, what would you keep? And I'm like, well, it's easy. I'd do roughies. Oh, but I like the Timors. Oh, I can't get rid of the white lips. Oh, my Argentines. Like, it's like, yeah, no, it's, it's getting worse. Yeah. Like, it's getting worse. So. Slowly yeah. your list becomes bigger and bigger. Yeah. Um, yeah. <clears throat> Brett, Brett was saying that uh, just so I put his info out there yep. with us, was, uh, he's had luck with uh, straight frozen thawed small fuzzies um mm-hmm. and if that didn't work he tried to check down similar to what you were saying and if that doesn't work uh then live right mm-hmm. uh live fuzzies uh, i'm curious i wonder if he left them in overnight or if he sort of because uh, i've done that where i've left fuzzies I, in overnight i tried some live let's see who did a live. yeah this one so you did yeah. have some that okay yep. took live. this one did okay. live yep which now he's on jazzed up now um this one did live because i did have some live uh he started with a frozen thought and then didn't want it anymore so i gave him a couple live and then he went back on a frozen thought so i do have when you offered the live he took it right away yeah i mean okay 
Yeah, and I mean, I would leave a live in overnight because I wasn't too concerned about these guys with their setup. Not a fuzzy. Yeah. Not a fuzzy. Yeah. And also, there's a ton of space to get away from it. Like, even if it was yeah. like a pinky or a fuzzy and it was stressing them out, they could get up yeah. high. They could get away sure. from it. You do a lot of things that it couldn't do. So I wasn't that concerned. Um, but I did have some live because I did set up two boxes of mice for to help with my own need to have hoppers all the goddamn time, like right. I, all the goddamn time. And um, it's weird. I'm like, I'm only, I, it started with me buying like 10 live mice and then uh-huh. them not being eaten and then figuring out that I ended up having a couple females in there and then finding out uh-huh. that two of the females were pregnant and then setting up one box and then, setting up another box. And then I think all my original mice have gotten old and died. And now we're like on the eighth generation. <laughs> Cause when, oh, one of my, when one of the adult mice starts looking a little long in the tooth and not so good, I'll just keep a live hopper of whatever that animal is. Like if it's a boy or a girl, I'll just keep an extra one. And then we just, okay. replace. and then we have gotcha. a bunch of litters and stuff like that. But I have this point where everything kind of lulls out where mm-hmm. I've replaced something and now we have to wait for it to catch up again. And then everything explodes. Like right now I have no litters in either of my mouse boxes because okay. I have a female that looks like it's a pair in one cage. And I have a male that just got old enough to breed, I think in the other cage. So now I'm just going to have in the next three weeks, I'm going to have pinkies all over the goddamn place. Like it's going to be just full. <laughs> nice. And which right. is great because then you wait until they're hoppers and you take them out and do whatever. But if you have little ones that are reluctant to feed, you offer that. Like I have the bamboo rat snakes right now. Yeah. The male will eat everything and anything in sight. Female, I've got her to eat once. And it was a fish scented pinky. So I'm waiting to get, I got to catch pinkies right when they're born. And then I'm going to throw one in there with her. See what right. she does. Right. So that's always a good thing to have. You know, the, the fresh scented pinky, Eric, not fresh scented pinky. Fish. The, <laughs> the bamboo rat snakes. I was going to say when you were saying that, yeah. um, I couldn't believe they were cool. Really yeah. cool. Um, I've always, I've never seen them like, like really looked at them in person. But when I came by your spot, I was oh, they're gorgeous. like, man, are they feisty. <laughs> oh, they're gorgeous. They're assholes. And. And right. Rob's it's like, right in your wheelhouse. Well, I'm like, I just have them. I just have them on a shelf in my snake room. And Rob's like, you need to put them into one of your colder rooms. I'm like, okay. Yeah. I don't know if I can mail eight. Didn't care. Doesn't give a shit. I'm like, okay, whatever. Yeah. Fine. Out there freezing with so the other collier birds. Yeah. Yeah, it's so hard, man. Like, you know, I'm in here now and it's cold. Yeah. <laughs> it's cold yeah. in here. Yeah, not yeah. good. I don't like it. It's just, but now apparently but that's it's what, what they the like. Diamonds like, yeah. And then uh, the the one thing that uh, Brett did is that uh, if that didn't work, he would use the brown bag trick where he would put a I, uh, live fuzzy in there. I've done that with albino carpet, so and that's worked. I have the snake show this weekend, and if I'm not running around like a maniac or crazy, I may uh-huh. take her on a car ride because ah, some, sometimes okay. that does it too. If I put her in a deli cup sure. and take her to the show and then come home – put her back in and then offer food the next day. Every, Sometimes that's enough. Everybody made fun of us. I know they can go to hell. Like I'm telling <laughs> you. And now they're all like, well, that's, Oh, well, that's my favorite. Take on 
That's like, that's my favorite. They're like, that's, that's bullshit. And then they do it and they're like, son of a bitch. I'm like, that's right. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't know why. Well, I, and that, know why, I know people would I know people told this before that it's like, well, some things it, you can take the, the water from a tuna can and thaw it out with that. I'm like, well, yeah, but I also have like I have fish in my freezer. I have silver signs. Right. Yeah, I, I, I use fish. Like I know you I know right. what your water is. That's fish scent is what it is. Like <laughs> I, yeah. I can do that too. Like it's um I have to get more of those because those are awesome. It's when you go to the supermarket. They come in bags and they're little, they're about this big. They vary in size. So they're like fish from this big to this big and they're silver. They've been deheaded and gutted and they are. Smelt, right? Yeah. Uh, not smelts because smelts are like greasy. These things are they're, um, literally called silver sides. Um, oh, okay. But I, they're fantastic. They're great. All snakes love them. <laughs> it's like. Yeah. Really? Okay. Oh, yeah. Uh, they're small enough that I can, I got a corn snake to eat a couple. Oh, wow. Okay. But that's Very what cool. I use for scenting uh, for the rhinos because then I take whatever fish I use to scent and I throw them in a um, bowl for the false water cobra, the Vietnamese blue beauties, the whatever, the mad hogs, whatever else I got to feed. So it's way it's, you know, because I was buying tilapia fillets like frozen bags of tilapia fillets yeah it's like 16 uh-huh. 17 bucks a bag now it's like it's getting a little yeah. dicey here it used, Where, to, it used to be when i started in seafood uh cutting fish they were like that was like a throwaway fish yeah yeah it's like yeah, the good yeah. Hell. i yeah. mean i can get um there's a couple things like you said uh smelt if it's not um or some of the kind of fish that like it has skin on it. You can get it like Walmart and it comes in big bags too. Um, that's there's a good one. Whiting. Uh, whiting. Was, uh, it's whiting. Yeah. It's whiting with uh, this, with skin on it. Whiting. Yeah. Yeah. That's usually the, the go-to. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's a good one too. Tasting fish. Uh, smelt. I got um, a bunch of smelts and the problem is that they were just greasy as hell, you know? They're crappy to yeah, fall. Well, they're, they're, yeah. They are. They're oil. Yeah. You know? It was horrible. Um, yeah. Just bad. It's <laughs> not good. They don't um, taste too good either. And the, the, the we used to feed it to the Cayman when I was a kid. I used, right. That was my job. My dad would have me go to the Cayman cage, just feed them frozen. Well, they wouldn't be frozen, but, you know. The fruit, snakes were not smoke. The snakes were not impressed. Some of them would eat it. Some of them not. Snakes love trout. Mm. I'll tell you right now, I'll thaw out a trout and cut it into pieces because I learned my lesson about giving a snake a whole trout. Um, <laughs> and they will, they'll eat the hell out of that. So, yeah. 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 <clears throat> I was going to say, uh, you know, just a tip because I guess, I don't know. I don't know if there's anything else mm. to hit on at this point, but uh, I think we covered a lot of it. But the tip that I would get, say, is uh, I got this tip from Matt. And this is used to be how I would, uh, um, sort of label my uh, tubs so that, you know, especially when you're, you're looking at, you're looking at it, right. You have a rack, let's say yeah. of these six quart tubs and you're sort of looking at it from afar. It's kind of easy. If you have some kind of system in place, um, Matt uses these circles, right. And, mm-hmm. um, basically what I would do is a uh, green circle mean at eight, um, and then, uh, you know, I would put a blue for a boy and a red for a girl. So that way, 
if the cage card got lost or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. I, I could sort of look at it and see and sort of see it from afar. And then as it would eat, um, uh, Matt and I sort of adopted the same thing. Would just put a little like a uh, little mark on the green um, uh, sticker. Mm-hmm. So it, it, again, it's just it's it's easy to sort of like uh, look at it and sort of see it, you know from afar when you especially when you have a lot of babies you know that year oh, it, that i produced all those clutches it was like i need it, some kind yeah. of system and i started yeah. helping matt with sexton the, the the rough the not the rough scales the well i did that too but the the borneos and i sort of yeah. like looked at his uh you know his system and whatnot. i really thought that was a great idea that he had of how he he does it so there you go you know it's like those little sticker dots that yeah you get, little, yeah you I, get I, them at walmart or whatever I've thought about those. It's just I end up the that's just the way I am. Is I know who my problem children are, and you are all in my like they live rent free in my brain until until right? I start eating. Yeah, like they, I know who yeah. they are. I know where they are. I know what bin they're in, and I know what pissing me off about them. So, um, yeah, I, I definitely know those kids. Yeah, it seems like that's funny, right? You're more of a you learn more of like uh, you keep the it in you i sort of have to have it written down it's written in order down. for yeah. my brain and my my brain and my hand have to connect i yep. get nervous from playing guitar i don't know but there's like a connection that has to happen by me writing it and then all of a sudden i'll i'll remember i it, you know? and i mean i would say that like i i want to say it was i was so ingrained with data and cage cards and keeping when i was yeah. working at the labs and things like that that it was like at home. Like, I didn't want to do it anymore. <laughs> yeah, fuck that. No, no, no. Which makes sense. Yeah. No, yeah. It's I like, mean, if you can remember it, what, what do you need it for? Well, you know? it's like you know, What's what was the? Point? I spent all day weighing and dosing mice and writing on cage cards, and I come home and they're like, "How much does a snake weigh?" I don't fucking know. Like, I don't know because I didn't do it because I don't care. <laughs> like, yeah, right. So, and that's so, just kind of stuck with. Here's another tip that I use currently mm. um, that, uh, you know, I, man, for years when it came to keeping track of babies at first, yep. I did it. I used the index cards. My problem with the index cards would be no matter what happened, they would get wet and the mm-hmm. ink would run and all that kind of shit. And, you know, and then it looks shitty after an yep. amount of time or whatever. And, uh, and then they never, I never had any place to put them because it didn't fit on the six court tub right, right. So i tried to yep. do like the smaller half size index cards and then that didn't seem to to help it at all um but ultimately what i and then for a while i was using qr codes yep and, but that yep. was a pain in the ass because it then is. you gotta you're there you put it and, and it's like and now right, i'm done feeding now it's ass. time to relax now come two hours of data entry like yeah no <laughs> <laughs> yeah so what i found is the right so there's the, on my herpid trips, right? Mm. I take this like a notebook and it's called write in the rain. And basically the paper can get wet. It's made for like outside. Like okay. if, you, if you're taking data of some sort outside that um, you have this paper that's waterproof basically. Um, and I was curious to see if they had index cards and don't you know, they did. So now that problem of the smudgy thing it's is all gone. Over. The index cards is like smaller, so they're like a little more of a square type of thing. <laughs> I bought them on Amazon; they're great. I freaking love them. So there's another tip. Uh, yeah, for the I people. Mean, I, I have a I have half index cards, and then it usually helps me track uh, 
feedings and shedding and stuff like that until eventually the snake is rocking sure. and like rocking and rolling and going. Yeah. And then I'm like, right. And I just stop. <laughs> just like, all yeah. of a sudden, it just, it, you know, I just stopped keeping track. And I'm like, oh my God, this snake hasn't eaten since January. Uh, that's not true. <laughs> like, it's, uh, no. Right. no, 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 no. <laughs> I think what I found is like a lot of times, uh, Sometimes people want that information. You know, like Nick, everybody that's bought snakes from Nick has right. that he has his system where he gets the sticker, he takes it off the cut off the tub, right. and puts yeah. it on your belly cup, and there uh, you go. I'm you able to tell you, and all that kind of stuff. I'm able to tell you the last time it ate or when it should be yeah. eating next. And if right. you ask me, I cannot tell you the last time it shed. <laughs> like I don't I, it it did it right. well and it's not hanging off of it. I think that's the best you can do. Um Right. And then I can tell you hatch dates because what I've started to do is every time something's hatching, I take a picture of it and put it on my Instagram. And it's like, when did that nice. happen? Hang on. Then. <laughs> oh, I thought you had it written down. You're just Fuck no. Like, yeah, it's all right there. Yeah. yeah, it's all right there. I thought you've turned a corner. Oh, please. Uh, come now. I don't yeah. have a book. Um, <laughs> uh Oh shit! I lost my train of thought. I was just yep. gonna say something. Um, <laughs> we were talking about cage or do scarf. I have a book? Oh, I know you have a book. There's no <laughs> way you don't have a book. Stop lying to the people. <laughs> you definitely have a book. There's no way you can have all those animals and not have some kind of writing. Writing of what I, I have a I have a word document of my breeding schedules, which I have shared with a very few people. Of mm-hmm what I do and then like go through. And to be honest, if you pay attention during the like 18 different goddamn breeding episodes we've done, I probably divulge all my information. <laughs> like it's probably, yes. so, we've shared all the secrets. It's all right there. Yeah. I just have to look. So I think I only would like for me, whenever I would like weighing them when they were born mm. or stuff like that, wasn't really for anything other than me trying to learn with hands I, on, right? So I it's think like, I weighed the first Ruffy baby because I wanted to know. Right. But I yeah, but I didn't write it down. I don't remember it. But I want to say it was like like what's the average for carpet? Like five grams? Carpets? Twenty two? No. Twenty five? Really? Yeah, carpet? or what's baby carpets? Baby carpets, baby carpets. Like what, twenty? Twenty two to twenty nine has been all right. They weren't, they weren't that, and I don't think they were like five grams either. So I don't know. Yeah. I can't that's why I say there's sort of like in between. The I think so. The well, again, yeah. that's the thing is it's like every time we have some sort of milestone or some sort of thing with them, it's a little fork in the road. Are we going to go chondro or are we going to go carpet? Which way are we going here? Right. And more often they go carpet. <laughs> so. Well, according to, like I said this at the beginning, according mm. to Weigel's information, they're about 16 grams when they hatch. 16? Yeah, that's about right. I think yeah, I wanna 16 say, grams. Yeah. I want to say it was 15. I want to say it was that. Yeah. Right. I'm, I'm, not, I'm never so. going to get to that point where I'm like, I need to know the exact weight of the baby when it was born. And now it's weigh day where we're going to weigh all the animals to figure out what they are this month. And I'm like, that's. If that's your thing, cool. If you work in a laboratory or a zoo setting, fine. You have to do that, but I can't do it. I can't. I think it's I think it's the herpetology wannabe nerd in me that wants to know that because I feel like with me, 
there was a lot of, especially when we started NPR, mm -hmm. I was mm -hmm. more into that, you know, because I just felt like in order to talk on the podcast, I had to have that data be to smart, be able to talk about <laughs> it. You know, it, well, yeah, but just in order to talk to somebody about something, if you have yeah. that in your head, then you can sort of like say, oh, yeah, you know, this is what they are or whatever. And sort of, uh, I don't know. It's like when somebody said something, you would hear, we would listen to Nick talk about, you know, let's say the size of big carpets or something. Yeah. You're like, oh, yeah. It's the size of a chicken egg. I don't remember like. I, I couldn't figure out for the life of me like what the size of a carpet yeah. python egg is. So I produced carpet pythons, and then I'm like, oh, that's oh, the size. That's okay, how big it is. So it's, it's it's really hard to do that. Like people, I think the the last breeding episode that was me and Lucas, they're yeah. like, when do you do it? I'm like, normal carpet temps. What are those? Oh yeah, I guess I should go into that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, normal carpet oh. shit. What are those? Yeah. Oh right, yeah. Um, it's like it's hard to explain it's today. like you know how big were the eggs about the size of a carpet yes they were <laughs> I, had, <laughs> I had somebody today asking about um older episodes of green tree pythons <laughs> okay and uh they were looking for the one with buddy francis on it right yeah i'm like oh shit so i i go and i'm like oh man i have to go look on blog talk and i'm like I, i'm like sort of giving the warning i'm like Dude, I, I don't know how. I don't I, think you want I, to do this. Like, I, mean, yeah. I, I don't think, I, I don't know. I mean, you can listen to it or whatever, but like, you can't judge us based off of what's happening today in podcasting. Yeah. Because remember, <laughs> we were doing podcasting before podcasting was a thing. Yeah. The sound is going to be shit. And I'm just forewarning you. He's like, I want to hear you guys at your worst. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. well, that's not like, even yeah, the worst, but enough. all right. It's like, okay. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Episode one would be the worst. That I mean, it is. The worst. Yeah. Yep. But fuck, man, I had to do it so that we could get the ball rolling. You know, so I'm glad I did it. It is what it is. None of you all were doing otherwise, it. Otherwise, <laughs> yes. Or otherwise, Owen would have like three snakes. Yeah, I'd be <laughs> I'd be a happy guy. man with my four coastals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm not even sure if I'd be doing time. shows or I'd have rough scale pythons at this point. This is all yeah. your goddamn fault. Yeah. Uh, you're welcome. Yeah. No <laughs> Stupid ass uh, answering I guess, a post. I, <laughs> I guess, yeah, right? Yeah. Damn, Morelia Forums. Stupid Morelia Forums. forums Screwed me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, just gonna, I don't just know. Gonna I guess that's... You the one question I did want to ask. Get out. You admit it. Get out! <laughs> Eric, don't let this go. Get, get, it's not my fault. Can't. It's not my fault. He admitted it. It's your fault, not mine. <laughs> he can't, he can't oh. hear you. He can't uh, hear you. Lie. No, he can't. I don't. No, no, he can't. No, he can't. No, he can't. He's laughing. He's not. That's he's not happening. You're ruining the show. <laughs> you are. You admit it. I had comedic relief. And truth. It's my fault. Truth. I did it. <laughs> Justice. I'm gonna have to live with that. Say now. that for twelve years. <laughs> yeah. <it's, laughs> She's been waiting at the door for twelve yeah. years to say I, I it's fear, his fault. <laughs> I fear you may be correct and. uh I'm going to live with that now. So, <laughs> I'm sorry, sir. Just cut that. Just uh, cut all moving that. Moving on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Don't cut it. She's still Leave yelling. It. Yep. 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 That's going <laughs> into Patreon. Of course she is. <laughs> yeah. um, real quick before we close out. Yep. Did the babies do the color change or just the adults? No. 
No, I haven't seen no? any of them do that like silvery color change. Okay. Trust me, I've yeah. been looking. Also, okay. no matter how mad I get them, none of them are doing the threat display. They never do. The and I'm like, display. I thought you guys would be like all revved up because you're babies. Like, you know, my Vietnamese I, blue beauties when they were babies were 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 hooding, were hissing, were doing all that shit. Then they got big enough and they're like, I don't really give a damn. I was expecting threat displays, all that nothing. No one cares. Nothing. Like they don't give a shit. <laughs> it's it's a great Damn. disappointment. <laughs> so right. Um, but I guess that's okay. also right. part of it is that they're doing so well because I don't keep them under a constant threat. So. Right. Yeah. 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 They know you're the rough scale whisperer. <laughs> it's how, um, God, I only, one can only hope. Yes. All right. Uh, that's going to be all for us. Uh, if you want to support us, you have some ways that you can. You can follow us on NPR Network on the socials. You can subscribe to the show, share the podcast. It always helps get the word out there for us. If we even need the word getting out there for us, I don't even care if the word is out there. It doesn't matter. And Pythons, this is your spot. Yeah. Um, Cold Blooded Caffeine. Uh, we do uh, an affiliate link with them uh, for uh, the NPR blend carpets and coffee. Um, we're happy to be with them. Um, the uh, NPR 10 will get you 10% off the order. And if you use that link, we get a little kickback. And the best thing is that 5% of the proceeds from every bag sold is donated to wildlife conservation um, in coffee producing countries, which is awesome. You know, nice. so Trey Hall and uh, McKendrick Dunn are great guys, and um, and you and us are all proud to be affiliated with them. Yeah, you know how much I love coffee. Cold Blooded yeah. Cafe, <laughs> another great group of people. Um, we all know the price of rodents is crazy. Yep. So if you are hopefully breeding rough scales this season, you want to get uh, get ahead with some fuzzies. And mm-hmm. this is your first time ordering from them. You can use the code NPR10. That will save you 10% off your right. first order. Follow and them on the socials because they do deals. And deals all the they time. Do some good so sales all the time. So check that stuff out. And obviously, they have uh, a good array of other things. Uh, I know they're supposed to be adding quail and more mm-hmm. things to their menu soon. So hopefully, that will come. And, uh, I have been feeding the inside circle by telling Chris that he better start breeding button quail or offering button quail. So help him God. So, you know, I, <laughs> yeah, I keep showing every yeah. time I get a roughie to eat or every time I have a roughie or something eating a button quail, I send him a picture. Be like, look, send him a picture. The, yeah. It's the size of a fuzzy. You're like, look at it. Like it. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm working. Um, chop, but, chop. Yeah. Uh, that's a good place. To um, that kind of stuff. Okay, and then uh, what else do we have? We have our uh, down in the show notes. You can mm-hmm. see our links for the merch store. Uh, we also have our Patreon um, and our website, MoreniPythonRadio.com. And if you want to get in touch with us, MoreniPythonRadio at gmail.com. Uh, that's the best way to do it. Uh, I've been working on the website, chipping away. Uh, so slowly but surely uh, that will become a spot for everything you want to learn about Morelia. Sweet. That's all I got. Yeah. Um, That's all I have. Uh, Obviously I'll update the website after these next couple shows that are coming up. 
Um, but if you have any interest in any of the animals that we have, it's rogue-reptiles.com. Uh, it's also rogue underscore reptiles on Instagram. You can go follow. Usually I post up when things are for sale as well as uh, new clutches or anything like that. There are roughies, white lips, a bunch of stuff for sale right now. So, and I doubt I'm going to sell out at an Oak show, but who knows? So uh, definitely reach out and uh, yeah, we'll catch everybody back here next week for some more Morelia Python radio. Good night. Mm-hmm.